Hello, my friends. This is Dan Jones with another quiet talk to share with you today. Most of us, it seems nowadays, do a lot of our shopping on the internet. You all know what the biggest shopping site is. I don't need to mention it. But as you know, on there, you can look at an item and then instead of buying it, just put it on your wish list. I seem to recall that when I was a kid, the Sears Christmas catalog was called the Wish Book. There's no doubt that a lot of wishing went on over the pages of that annual volume. I think one year my mother intercepted the Christmas catalog before we saw it and hid it for a while. What are you wishing for? You're bound to have a wish list, at least in the back of your mind. What's on that list? Going beyond the kinds of things they offer on websites, perhaps there are deeper desires on your heart. Maybe there is a difficult situation at your work that you wish would be resolved. Maybe you have a physical condition that your doctor hasn't been able to take care of. If you're single, maybe a mate is at the top of your wish list. I saw today an ad for a dating site that is just for people of a particular political persuasion. Apparently, dating sites do a good business. Let me just say how thankful I am that I don't need their services. In Psalm 38, David mourns over his sin and the fact that he feels he is personally under the judgment of God. He says, O Lord, Rebuke me not in your wrath, and chasten me not in your burning anger. For your arrows have sunk deep into me, and your hand has pressed down on me. There is no soundness in my flesh because of your indignation. There is no health in my bones because of my sin. For my iniquities are gone over my head as a heavy burden. They weigh too much for me. He goes on to talk about the ways in which he's suffering. There are physical problems, enemies who are attacking him, and what he simply refers to as a great agitation of his heart. Notice, however, the salient fact that here David is taking all of his problems to the Lord. He speaks freely to God in prayer about his feelings and difficulties. I can't help but be reminded of one of my favorite hymns, which says, What a friend we have in Jesus, all our sins and griefs to bear. What a privilege to carry everything to God in prayer. Oh, what peace we often forfeit. Oh, what needless pain we bear. All because we do not carry everything to God in prayer. In the middle of David's lament, here is this verse, verse 9. Lord, all my desire is before you, and my sighing is not hidden from you. God knows all our desires. He is aware of the longings of our hearts. This applies to you. God knows all of your desires. He knows everything you wish for. 
Where do our desires come from? Well, of course, as human beings, we have certain built-in needs. Obviously, we all desire food. We have to have it to keep living. We desire human companionship in the form of a mate, someone to complete us. Without this desire, the race would not continue. God gave us these desires, but that doesn't mean we can't abuse them. There's a righteous way to fulfill these needs and desires. Just because I need food doesn't make it okay for me to kill somebody in order to get it. But I want to talk about other kinds of desires. There are things I can certainly live without that I want. Sometimes these are the strongest desires we have. As I said, certain desires are built in. Others are not. So where do these desires come from? Well, that's a complicated question that I, I'm not going to even try to fully answer that, but I want to point out one thing about our desires, and that is that we are responsible for them. To use an example from that built-in category, we have a desire that God put into us to marry. There is a wholesome and righteous desire between a husband and a wife. However, if a husband desires another man's wife, that desire is sin. Jesus said so in the Sermon on the Mount. You can find this in Matthew 5:27. It's no good to say you can't help it. Jesus says you can. Job had a good approach to this problem. In Job 31:1, he says this, I have made a covenant with my eyes. How then could I gaze at a virgin? It's easier to avoid wrong desires if you just don't look at the potential object. That's what the publisher of those Christmas catalogs understood. When you gaze at something day after day, you want it more and more. But this talk is not primarily about what we usually call lust. Desire in itself is not a bad thing as long as we desire what God wants us to desire. Again, desire is a function of choice. Our desires in regard to any possible object of desire will determine what we want and how much we want it. Keep looking at pictures of that shiny sports car and your desire for it will increase. We quoted David above from his words in Psalm 38. Here's another. This is from Psalm 27. One thing I have desired of the Lord, that will I seek, that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life, to behold the beauty of the Lord and to inquire in his temple. David expresses his ardent desire here for God himself. He didn't say, my great desire is to build an eternal monument to myself that will stand long after I'm dead. He didn't long for more political power. David longed for God. He wanted to live in God's house always and gaze upon the beauty of God. But the part of that verse that strikes me is the first two words. 
one thing. David didn't have a bucket list of a lot of things he wanted to do and accomplish. It seems to be a popular fad nowadays. David had a singular focus. His desire was for God and God only. I doubt David had always been this focused in his desires. He was like other people and was probably conflicted in his heart at times. But when he writes this psalm, he has come to the place in his life where God is everything to him. His words remind me of Paul, who said in Philippians 3, this one thing I do, forgetting those things which are behind and reaching forth unto those things which are before I press toward the mark for the prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. Paul was also someone who had not always had this focused desire. In this very passage, he refers to many things which once were, as he put it, gain to him. In other words, things that were in the plus category, accomplishments in life that were to be desired and likely envied by others in his circle. But he willingly gave up those things and was no doubt thought a fool by many of his former peers in Jerusalem. Paul realized that many conflicting desires hinder the desire for God that is what that what is what life is all about. He wrote this in Colossians 3. If then you have been raised with Christ, seek the things that are above, where Christ is, seated at the right hand of God. Set your minds on things that are above, not on things that are on earth. For you have died, and your life is hidden with Christ in God. When Christ, who is your life, appears, then you also will appear with him in glory. Christ, who is our life, is he your life? Is he all in all to you? You have the choice right now to make him so. Turn away from the empty pursuits that captivate the people of this passing world and focus on Jesus. Make him your desire. He will not disappoint. Heavenly Father, help us to set our desires upon you upon the things of God and not upon the things of this earth. Help us to remember that the world passes away and the lust and the desires thereof. And he who does the will of God will remain forever. Lord, the will of God above all things is to seek God, to love God, to desire God. So help me and my listeners to put Jesus first in everything. In your name we pray. Amen. My dear friends, Thank you for praying for us, those of you who pray for us in the church that we are seeking to establish in the uh, what's called the Capital District of New York, the Albany and Schenectady area of New York. Uh, we are currently meeting in uh, the American Legion Hall, which is 1809 Union Street. Our uh, church is called the Bread of Life Anglican Church. We meet at 10 o'clock on Sundays the American Legion Hall, which is at 1809 Union Street in Schenectady. If you're in that area, if you don't have a church home, we would love to meet you. As always, you may reach me by email at father.danjones 
at Outlook.com. May God richly bless you.